Praise God. Look at that person beside you. Come on, we need to get a little stirred up here this morning because because I, I, I tell you, I don't, I don't know how long my voice is going to last this morning. And so I'm going to preach for all that it's worth. But I need y'all to, you know, get it, get into it and get excited and draw it. So look at the person beside you and say, man, I'm so glad to be in church. <laughs> you know, I just I, I just came back from Hawaii and I know everybody's like, oh, you went to Hawaii. And I'll be honest with you, I never wanted to go to Hawaii. I never wanted to go to Hawaii. I've been I wanted to go to different places all over the world, just Hawaii. I don't know why. I just never want to go to Hawaii. Now I know why. <clears throat> but anyway, I left it from there eight days of being over 80 degrees, walking around in a pair of shorts and T-shirt, and, you know, that's not my style. And uh, then come home to this. I sat in front of the heater all day yesterday just trying to get, go, and now I'm all choked up. And so, you know, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that's within me. So anyway... Um, Y'all be praying. My wife's still there. I left her there for another week, and I came home, and uh, she'll be back next Wednesday. But, you know, family means everything to me. Family's important. And this is the first Christmas, I'll, uh, I guess, ever that I won't have all of my family at the house. So we went to Hawaii to see my daughter and son-in-law and the grandkids, and he's stationed there as a Marine in uh, Oahu. And so we went to be with them because uh, they weren't going to be here for Christmas. And so Praise God. It was a great time, great time. My, my grandchildren are awesome, and they're loving Jesus, and I preached the whole time I was there and got them all lined up, and got them all Bibles and crosses and their study plans and told them I was calling them every day to make sure they're doing it, gave them all the scriptures, taught them everything. We had this Holy Ghost church, so bless God, because I believe in it. Amen? I'm just not here because I'm paid. I'm here because I'm just sharing with you all the overflow of my life. Because I love Jesus. Amen. He is so amazing. And, you know, I've been preaching to y'all here the last few weeks about about a move of God. And, and I want to I want to share something with you this morning that I, I believe will bless your heart, help you and, and, and further this message. You know, a lot of times in life we get to be people that are seeking the next great experience. We go from you know, one experience with God and we're going to go to the next experience and next experience and next experience. We're trying to always ride on a spiritual high. But the truth of the matter is the move of God started the day in your life that you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior your life. The Bible says you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son of God, amen, of his love. You went from literally hell to heaven by the confession of your mouth and the belief in your heart, Amen. That was the day the move of God started in your life. And the move of God keeps going in your life because of that. Amen. So I want to share something with you this morning. Go in the, you get your Bibles out and go to the book of Luke. Go to Luke. Luke, 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 Luke. Where are you, Luke? Praise God. Where's Luke go? Well, that's pretty good. My scripture that I'm going to be preaching this morning, I didn't even put it down in my notes. Yeah, I do know where the guy's got to get glasses. <laughs> yeah, the only reason why I use an iPad to preach off of is because I can't see my Bible. Go to the book of Luke, chapter 20. No, I said Luke. Forget Luke. Go to John. What am I talking about? Go to the Gospel of John. And look at verse 24. <coughs> John 20, 24. It says, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And we're talking about right after his resurrection. Jesus had appeared to the, the disciples, and, and, uh, but Thomas wasn't there. The other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see the hands, the prints of the nails and put my fingers in the prints of the nails and put my hand into the side, I will not believe. Now, just think about this. You've got to put yourself in that position, all right? We always call him Doubting Thomas. You know, sometimes I think people get a bad name from one mistake they made in life. I wouldn't want to go through my whole life being known as Doubting Thomas. Thomas, after this, did great things for the Lord, you know? But he got stuck with this 
this name because he was doubting that day. But he got to talk about this is a pretty big stretch. He went out to get lunch. I mean, I don't know what he did, but I'm just going to say he went out to get lunch. He was bringing in, you know, the to-go boxes. And everybody said, oh, you missed it while you were gone. Jesus showed up. He's like, what? What are you talking about? He's dead. No, he came by. What would you say? Right? Just put yourself in the same place. They're mourning Jesus. They've been through this whole this whole traumatic experience of Jesus dying and, and uh, you know, a crucifixion and all this stuff going on. And, 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 and they've been grieving because they were believing he was going to be the Messiah, go up into the temple and set up his reign and run out those nasty Romans. And, uh, you know, they had all this in their mind. And see, what happens to us is a lot of times in life, we're just like Thomas. We get in our mind fixed the way that we think things should go. Hello? We get fixed in our mind the way that we have dreamed it up and the way that we have, by the executive secretary of the Holy Ghost, have wanted to line everything up and it should be this, 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 and this. This should happen and that should happen. And then when it doesn't happen, we're like, what are you doing, Lord? Why didn't this happen like I wanted it to happen? I mean, you know, like, like even a Moses, I don't want my family in Hawaii. I don't know how many of y'all ever been there. It's a rock in the middle of the ocean. I mean, they were stationed first in California. At least they were on the, I felt like I could drive there and rescue them if I had to. But the whole time I was praying that there'd never be an earthquake. Right? I mean, everywhere, we've always heard California's going to fall off into the ocean. And I don't want to fall off in the ocean when my kids are living on the ocean. So they get sent to Hawaii. What happens? Volcano erupts. That's not the way I chose things. It's not the way I chose things to be, but that's the way they are right now. So what am I going to do? I'm going to deal with it. And believe God that greater things can come out of this because that's the kind of God he is. But we get things all lined up. And so Thomas comes home. He's got the, he's got the to-go boxes. He went out and got tacos or whatever. And he's got them there. And he brought it home. And everybody said, oh, yeah, you missed Jesus. And he's like, what are you talking about? If I, I, if I, until I see the nails in his hand and the spear in his side, I'm not going to believe. What do you mean? Jesus resurrected. Because we get to be like that life, this, this life we live, listen to me, church, is not fair. We live in a fallen world. And in this fallen world, there's wicked and evil men. There's, there's things that are bad. There's not, life is not all the Garden of Eden like it was supposed to be. And what happens to us in life is we get hardened and we get cynical in life. And we get to be, well, bless, you know, bless God, I can see it, I ain't going to believe it. Well, right there, you just shut off the move of God in your life. Right there, you just rose up and you just stopped the flow of God going in your life because of what you're saying out of your mouth and what you're believing in your heart. Now, it it goes on here, and it says, uh, Now, after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with him, and Jesus came the door being shut, stood in the midst of them and said, peace be unto you. Now, that's freaky. If you're just in your house, standing there, and all of a sudden Jesus just shows up, poof, peace, guys. Door didn't open, came right through the wall or whatever happened. I mean, would you not jump? Huh? Would you not just, ah! Okay, he said, peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Now stop right there. Just think about this. I want to to change your thinking this morning. Jesus already knew what took place. He heard Thomas's Doubt and unbelief. So he shows up. He doesn't have to ask him, hey, what was that? What were y'all discussing the other day? Oh, Thomas, you said what? Oh, no, we'll come here. He shows up and he says, hey, Thomas, do you not think, listen to me, church, do you not think that if Jesus knows that number of hairs on your head 
I don't know if that's a continual counting after you combed them and a few fell out. But if he knows the numbers of hairs on your head, he says not a sparrow falls to the ground that he doesn't know about. That Jesus doesn't know what's going on in your life right now. What your fears are, what your concerns are, what your doubts are, what your unbelief are. And if he showed up, he'd be just like he was with Thomas. I hear, put your finger here. Here's my side. You see, we, we get into this, we, because we're not seeing Jesus standing here. <clears throat> what happens to us is we begin to bit, get like doubting Thomas. We're looking at the world and the world going on. I mean, <clears throat> I have a, a news feed that comes on my phone, and I just look at it because, I don't know, I just want to see what's going on in the world. And you read the headlines this morning. I mean, it's ridiculous going on in the world today. There, there wasn't a bit of good news. Not a bit of good news. It's all war and rumors of war, right? Death and destruction, sickness. I mean, whenever you read those headlines and if you had no faith and you were believing they were the truth, you would, be, you would just be stifled into not moving anywhere because you're scared to make a move anywhere because nothing looks good. They've been telling us forever, the stock market's going to crash. Now they're saying Ebola's in the city. And then they're, now they're saying, you know, war, the, the, the war is raging in France because everybody's mad right in the streets. Coming to America, you know. I'm just saying, if you listen to that and you, you let that be the focus of your life, you're going to get to be like Doubting Thomas. You're going to start to draw back from humanity. You're going to start to draw back from people. And you're going to want to just basically dig a hole and crawl in it. But the truth of the matter is Jesus knows what's going on right now in your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows what's going on in, in your fears and in your faith right now. And he could just walk through your wall. He could just walk right through it. He could just jump out there and just say, hey, peace. Isn't it interesting that he said peace? He shows up in the midst of me and he's like, peace. <laughs> I don't know if he did that, but that would be kind of cool if he did. Peace, brother. <laughs> but he didn't come in and say, what's the matter with you guys? He didn't show up right in the middle and say, hey, Thomas, you jerk, get over here. He showed up right there and says, hey, peace. Hey, Thomas, let me, let, me, let me kill your doubts. So then look what he says. He said, reach here your finger and put it in my side, okay? And so Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed. This is Jesus' words. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Now, don't all of y'all fall into that category right there? So does that not mean that Jesus himself, Jesus himself has blessed you? He just said it. Blessed are those who believe but haven't seen me. I've never physically seen Jesus, but I know he's real. I've never physically held his hand, but I know I've been touched by the Savior. You see, there comes a time in our lives and we have to understand something. The move of God starts the moment that relationship starts with Jesus. Now, the verse went on. If you look on down into verse 30, He said, and truly Jesus, this is John speaking, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may, these are written. What's written? The scriptures are written, right? The scriptures are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. He is the answer. Hello? The Son of God. And that believing, 
you may have life in his name. Now, look at this. John says this all boils down to a real simple point. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And if you do, you just stepped into life. It doesn't make sense. It's too easy, but we make it too complicated. Just listen to me. You great Christians out here this morning, listen, all those listening to the broadcast this morning, all you awesome people in here this morning, listen to me. The day that you made Jesus Christ the Lord, the day that you believed that he was the Son of God, the day, the moment that out of your heart faith came and you believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he's the one who made a way His blood washed your sins off and made a way for you to be right with God, peace with God. Man, that moment, that second, the move of God came in your life, and that moment and that second, all of your life changed. Do you realize that? All of your life changed. I mean, it's winning the lotto. But it only works if you're believing. If you're living your life like Doubting Thomas saying, well, Lord, I just don't know if I can believe this stuff. I mean, I mean, I believe I'm going to go to heaven, but man, I'm just living in hell down here on earth and ain't, ain't working right. And I don't know what you're going to do here. And you're living like that in doubt and unbelief. You're just being Doubting Thomas. Are you believing every day when you wake up that God's got a blessing for you? That no matter what's coming, even if there's a trial or tribulation you're walking through, you're going to be blessed on the other end of it. Are you believing that you're the head and not the tail? I love that. I love that. That that out of out of Deuteronomy. Do you believe you're the head or not? Are you the tail? Folks, listen to me. If you've worked animals, you want the head. The head may have horns, but you don't want the tail. If that doesn't ring true to you, you want the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. In other words, I'd rather ride on top of the horse and be trampled underneath. Are you with me? Every day should be a day that we wake up as Christians knowing that it's our belief that we are the we, we are believers in Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God. We should wake up every day with a smile on our face saying, you know, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I got today made. But instead, we let the devil beat us down. We let this world beat us down. We listen to more. We listen to more and we look more at what this world is promoting and putting out to us and saying is truth. And what happens? It steals our joy, steals our peace steals our faith we believe everything's we, we get sour on everything have y'all ever noticed that when you wake up sometimes you know we, we say it like this you just w- woke up on the wrong side of the bed and i don't know what that is i don't know if that's some kind of a chemical imbalance or what it is or you just need some more vitamins or what it's like me you know i gotta really watch myself you know I, i'm i'm still in jet lag i, I just you know just daylight savings times of an hour messes me up, and I lost five hours somewhere, somehow, that I don't even understand. I don't know if I went back in time or forward in time. I guess I went one way back in time and back and forward in time or whatever, but I just know it doesn't feel good. And so, so I keep trying to tell my body, you know, to line up, but my body is five hours back. And so, you know, I mean, physically, I don't feel that good today. But that doesn't change my mental state because my mental state tells me I don't care what my body feels like. Bless God, I know what the truth is. The truth is, no matter what, I'm going up. I'm not going down. I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. You see, we don't want to be doubting Thomases in life. We don't want to go through life as doubting Thomases. Now, we're coming to this Christmas season. We're coming all down through, you know, Christmas is coming whether you're ready or not. But don't want to tell you something. Don't let yourself get miss the meaning of what Christmas is all about because Christmas is about Jesus coming in the world, God making a way for us. You know, I, I read this article, everybody's arguing about Christmas. 
You know, well, you know, different religions arguing about if it was the time that Christ. Went. I don't care what it is. It's a time we celebrate that Jesus came into this world. If it's December, the, you know, or, or September or April or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. I'm just celebrating that Jesus, God made a way. Hello? That God made a way where there seemed to be no way. I'm just celebrating that, man, through the faith and belief in him, I entered into life. And when you lose sight of that, folks, listen to me, the move of God's going to stop in your life. You're going to become a doubting Thomas. You're going to become a person who looks at everything negatively, and you're going to become a doubting Thomas. Look at the person beside you and say, don't do that. Now, let me show you something here. Go over there. <clears throat> Go back into the Old Testament to the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Isaiah is prophesying to the people of Israel at this time. Of course, you've got to understand, put yourself in the time period. Israel has forsaken God. They're being attacked by uh, enemies on their right and their left. It looks like destruction. They're, they're, there's no formal worship going on like it should be. And Isaiah steps up and he prophesies this. He says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Now stop for a minute. Listen to me. Does that, again, does, let's, let's, let's get this in perspective. He's talking about they were into animal sacrifice, going into the temple and making animal sacrifices, and that's the way they sacrificed. And when they fasted, they, 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 they made a big show of it. And Isaiah prophesies by the Spirit of God. He says, if you want to fast, if you really want to get your heart right, if you really want to have God move in your life, just share your bread with the hungry. Now, I read that the other day, and it just leaped off the page to me. I thought, about it. isn't it funny? He doesn't say share your bread with everybody. He says share your bread with those that are hungry. As I've been talking to you these weeks about the move of God in your life and about making disciples, I just want you to understand something. You can't make a disciple out of someone who's not hungry. You can't make a disciple out of somebody that's not hungry. You can't get somebody to start reading their Bible if they don't want to read their Bible. You can't, you can't have any effect in someone's life who's not hungry for the things of God in their life. But those that are hungry, those that are hungry, you have the words of eternal life on your lips to share with them. Think about this. You know a person it starts talking to you about Jesus or starts talking to you about, why do you go to church? Or starts talking to you about, man, my life's so, so terrible or <coughs> I'm depressed, I'm discouraged. They start talking to you about this. Right there you have the opportunity because that person has opened up the door and so all bets are off. It's like me, you know, past in, in the church here. If you cross those doors, you came in here, man. You came on my turf, you know. I'm gonna cut you any slack. I mean, you know, here you you came in through the door. But I've learned in life, I don't have any effect on people that aren't hungry. You with me? There ain't no sense in me going out there and pounding a door down on somebody. Now, I'll never forget years ago. And I've told this story before. I think it's number 26. And Pastor Randy was here, and we were going to go. He wanted to go door to door in Sabinow and knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. And I said, I don't think it's a good idea because I'm from Sabinow. <clears throat> and I said, I don't think that's a good idea. And he said, no, I really believe this is a good idea. It's the way you do it. 
you're going to go with me. And I said, I don't really want to go with you. He said, no, you're going to go with me. So he went with me. And so he said, I'll show you how it's done. And I said, okay. So I stood back, and he walked up, knocked on the door. I knew the person in the house. You know, I knew him. Small town, you know everybody. But I didn't tell him I knew him. So he knocks on the door, and the person comes to the door. You know, he's got his little spiel. Hey, I'm Pastor Randy Needham. I'm here today to talk to you about, you know, Jesus and, you know, and your relationship with Jesus. And I'm standing behind him just like this. And the person's just looking around him the whole time. And then they say, Robert, is that you? And I said, yeah. What are you doing? I'm with him. <laughs> and they're like, what? And so it wasn't the fact that what he was saying was touching. It was the fact that I was with him. You see, the point is, sometimes in people's lives, it's the fact that you go to church that's a witness. Hello? That you love Jesus and your ways have changed, that that becomes the witness. You don't have to say anything. That is the witness. That is the light that's turned on. Hello? So Isaiah's sitting here saying, look, this is a fast I want you to do. Share your bread with those that are hungry. Your first step as a Christian, once you've made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, once you've come to that place and you know that he's the son of God, the next step is, is anybody that asks you that's hungry, you're going to tell them the truth. You're going to tell them, well, you need to come to church. Well, you need to go to a non-denomination. No, you need to go to Baptist. No, you need to go to Methodist. No, no, no. This isn't about denomination. This is about is Jesus, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? That's all it's about. Everything starts from there. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the rest works. Hallelujah. But if you don't, you're not hungry. And there's no sense me trying to shove bread down your mouth if you don't want to eat it. Right? So as making disciples, as Christians making disciples, all you need to have is ears that are attentive. Is there anybody hungry around you? And if there's not, don't worry about it. Do you see what I'm saying? In your daily activities, you're going around. If you run into somebody hungry, you have a responsibility to feed them. But if you don't run into anybody hungry, well, then that's not the proper field for you. You're, you're, you're going to run into somebody else over here. And as... The Apostle Paul said, some of you are going to sow some seed, some of you are going to water, and some of you are going to harvest. It's just the way it is, the way it works. <clears throat> but you've got to find hungry ones. Hungry souls are where you have effectiveness. If you're not around anybody hungry, well, you know, maybe you need to, maybe you need to look somewhere else. You know, like maybe you need to change <clears throat> where you go eat lunch or whatever. I don't know. Okay, he goes on here and it says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring it to your house of the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, you cover him and, and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. So he says, look, basically it's helping people, right? Meeting their needs and then being, looking at your own self and seeing if you're really... Promoting Christianity. Now, that's a whole can of worms that I don't even like to open up. Because some people say, well, you're not really, you know, promoting Jesus unless you wear a suit and tie and you get all cleaned up and you're like this. But I say, well, Jesus didn't wear a suit and tie. And I think all that is totally, totally just, you know, where you're at. Hello? I was laughing at my grandson saying one of the, the, the shocking things of him because he's having to go to a public high school there in uh, Hawaii, and says that they, they don't even require you to wear shoes. <laughs> it's not in the Hawaiian culture. They just come in, either flip-flops or no shoes. That's all they have. And, and they have a uniform shirt. That's it. Shorts. And he was like, well, dude, you don't have any shoes? That doesn't make any difference. I don't have any shoes. Now, that's a big difference for me. You take my shoes off, I ain't walk. I can barely walk across the carpet. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, 
So he says, and you're not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall bring shall break forth like the morning. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. You see, church, all I'm saying to you is one of the problems that we've gotten backwards in our Christian walk is that we have tried to denominalize everybody. We've tried to church everybody. We try to form them into what we think church should be when the truth of the matter is once you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that life has come on the inside of you, as you start to reach out to others who are around you, less fortunate, going through a problem, going through a situation, those hungry souls that look to you for advice, when you speak to them the word of God, then what happens? The light breaks forth and does the job because it's not you anyway. It's the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and what we've done is we've programized. I don't even know if that's a word. It is today. We have programized church to say this is the program that it has to fit under. And you have to do it this and this and this way when it's all different because we're all different. And the move of God that's trying to go across the world today, it's all different. Timothy did a great job playing praise and worship this morning. And Abby and all the praise and worship team, but they played different music than Laura played. There's a different style of music than what Laura plays. And so what? I can worship God with Bob Wills. And there's probably some of you in here who don't even know who Bob Wills is. Are y'all with me? He says, he goes on, he says, and your light shall break forth in the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily. Just because you fed the hungry. Now you realize that, you know, it can be metaphorically. It could mean actually feed the hungry, but metaphorically you have helped those that are around you in need and you assisted them. When you did that, it activated the light of God and the healing of God coming out of you to them. Miracles. Signs and wonders. We were, uh, when I was going through the airport, um, you know, now they've all changed. You don't, the, the day of service by a, a human being is over and you have the, you know, those little kiosks you have to go to. And, uh, you know, they spit your, no, your uh, luggage tag out. And now you have to put your own luggage tag on. Before they had somebody put your luggage tag on, now you got to put your own luggage tag on. And so it took me a minute to figure out how to get that thing on because they're all different with different airlines. And pull that thing out and, you know, peel off here, you know, whatever. It's a pretty important piece of paper. I kind of want the thing on my bag, right? And so I'm trying to do it right, and I'm trying to figure it out right and get it on there. And this this guy behind me, he was a little Hawaiian, and he was standing there, and he's like, he's holding the tag, and he's looking at it like this, and finally he looked up at me and said, sir, he said, uh, can you help me? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll figure it out together, because I don't know what's going on. And so finally I figured it out and put it on there, and then I got his and put it on his. That was it. He said, oh, thank you, thank you so much. And then we got on the plane, and he came by me and said, oh, where are you going? You know, where are you going? And, you know, where are you going? He was on, on Maui. And I said, well, I'm, I'm on Oahu. And he said, oh, come to Maui, come to Maui, you know. And he just got, it, 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 what I'm saying to you is I just put his baggage tag on was it. But a door was opened. You see what I'm saying? I just did something nice. When I was, I was at the point of wanting to be irritated with the, the airlines, you know, and kick their kiosk and say, man, can we not get a little more service? As much as I paid for a ticket, can somebody get out here and put my tag on? It's kind of an important thing. I'd like an I would like a qualified tag putter owner person to do this, not me. But I stopped and I helped this little guy, but a door was open. You follow me? That's what I'm talking about. That's the things that God's looking for in life to come out of us. It's not complicated. It's not a program. It's not some sort of a something you can just put into a box and say, oh, this is the way we've got to do it. It's something that comes out of your own life. Why? Because you know that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And because you know he's the son of God, life has come on the inside of you. And then you're just wanting to share it with somebody. 
Are y'all with me? Okay, he goes on and he says, The light shall break forth in the morning and healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard and they shall call and the Lord will answer. Then you shall call and the Lord shall answer. Just look at what he's saying here. He's prophesying the most simple things. See, we've made Christianity too complicated. All because we're trying to fit it all in to our denominational boxes. When the truth of the matter is, we should just be people that are excited about knowing Jesus and willing to share that with anybody else. The simple point, oh, not how much water we use in baptism, not whether we speak in tongues or not, not whether we, you know, got to do it this way or we believe in dancing or don't believe in dancing. Right. Simple fact is the simple bottom line fact. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? And then everything goes from there. If we're going to make disciples, that's, a, that's the elementary, that's number one. That's the very first thing right there. That's it. And then after that, well, then there's teaching and there's growing from there. But that's the beginning step to see miracles and signs and wonders in people's lives. Just being nice. Now, something I want to tell you. I believe with all of my heart that y'all have a big jump on most people. And I'll tell you why, because as country people, we're, we're a different cut. We tend to be nice and still wave at people and still want to offer help. <clears throat> you know, the rest of the world, I don't know what's wrong with them. I, I was going down one of the jetways, and I decided I was going to say hello to everybody. Just to see what would happen. Hi, how you doing? Hello, howdy. How you doing? Hi, what are you? And people are just like, act like I called them a dirty word or something, you know? It's ridiculous. Anyway. <clears throat> then, the, then you shall call, and the Lord will answer, and you, and, and you shall cry, and he, and he will say, here I am. That's a good place to be living. That whenever you get in trouble, you just call out, and the Lord's there with you to heal your broken heart, to heal your, 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 your whatever is going on in life. Just say, Lord, i got a problem right now. I'm short this month. And God said, okay, yeah, let's make it, let's make it work. See, we forget about the living relationship. Don't be a doubting Thomas. It's a living relationship that we have with the Lord. Amen? It's not a dead relationship. It's a living relationship. All we got to do is share our bread. Just share our bread. Okay, so let me just, re let me just touch a couple other points. <coughs> Go over to the Gospel of John chapter 6. John 6, 44. It says, no man can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, I used to get discouraged because not everybody was hungry until I started to realize that everybody has a time and an appointed season. All right. You just got to understand this. Everybody has a time and an appointed season. And God, the, this word draw here. It literally, it literally can mean drag off, like grab hold of them, just drag them off. But metaphorically, it means to draw by an inward power. In other words, you don't want to miss the opportunities in the people's lives that are hungry because that's, that's like the window that's of opportunity that's been open to them. God is drawing them for a reason, and you want to be attentive to that. But don't get discouraged when the other person is not. 
Because I know that I have wanted people to walk in the blessings of God sometimes more than they want to walk in the blessings of God. I have grieved about people's lives and yearned for people to to come to know Jesus and walk in his ways when they had no idea. They didn't want to anyway. And I spent a lot of time praying for people that I that, you know. It wasn't their time. Now, that doesn't mean that that can't all play into the big picture of them eventually coming to the Lord. But I'm just saying I don't get discouraged because someone's not hungry. I just look for the one who is hungry because that's their time. Now, let me put it to you like this. All of y'all have planted a garden. And you don't pick every tomato on the bush. Right? You pick the tomato that's right. And sometimes on a bush, it'll have, you give you a ripe one, it'll be ready. And then the other one over there, you got to leave it a few more days. All right? So what you got to look for is the timing of God. What's ripe and what's hungry. And when you find what's hungry, the one you may be looking over here hoping it's getting ripe, don't miss the one over here that really got hungry. So who you're thinking about becoming a disciple may not be the one that's, it's their time. And that's okay. Are you with me? That's okay. Just don't miss the hungry one. Because if you miss the hungry one, then it's going to take time for them to come back in. This is just the way God chose to do it. I'm not going to question him. To me, I would have used angels and big swords and got people saved. You know, every so often I'd just roll the heavens back and then close them back and just, you know, I mean, I'd freak people out and that's how I'd get them saved. (laughs) But that's not the way God chose to do it. What he chose to do it is you had a change of God in your life. That then is going to be the light that gets to shine into somebody else's life when they're drawn to God and you share with them the word. That is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, I want to do one more, and then this is it. Acts chapter 8. Is this making sense to you this morning? Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It's a story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, Philip just got through having a big revival. He just had thousands of people get saved. And so he just saw great big things going on. And it says, now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he arose and went. Now, that road from Jerusalem to Gaza is pretty long, and that's not very specific detail. He didn't go, say, by the roadside park over by the taco stand. He didn't say go three miles down the road. He just said go down by the road. He don't know where he's going. He just got on the road and started walking. Okay? And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the candidates, the queen of the Ethiopians who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you're reading? Now, it's a pretty good sign when you're on a dusty road and a guy's reading the Bible that possibly that somebody you might want to talk to, right? Pretty good sign. And so, but just think about this. Philip didn't know where he was going. He just went over. He's walking down the road. He doesn't know what he's looking for. And then the Spirit of God says, go up by the chariot. And when he gets up by the chariot, he hears him reading the word of Isaiah. In other words, a very natural thing. Are you with me? He just was walking by and just a very natural thing happened. It's easy to miss. When you're looking for hungry souls, you've got to be real attentive and, 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 and keep your eyes open and your ears open because it's easy to miss. 
Now he's walking and the other guy's in a chariot. So either the chariot's pretty slow or he's walking pretty fast. Right? So he says, then the spirit said to him, go near and overtake it. So Philip ran. Okay, okay, okay. Do you understand what you're reading? He said, uh, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and to sit with him. In the place the scripture is reading, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth and his humiliation of justice was taken away. And, he, and who will declare it his generation for his life is taken from the earth. So the union answered, Philip says, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say of himself or some other man? Now, Philip is bound to have had a smile on his face. Like, boy, this is going to be easy picking today. Right? I mean, he's reading a scripture about Jesus. So he says, uh, Philip opened his mouth and began the scriptures. And what did he do? Preach Jesus to him. Now, as they went down, now you notice that. This is another good point there. He preached Jesus to him, not church. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, look at this, what he says. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Boom, move of God starting his life right then. Now, he goes down, commands the chariot to stand still. They went down into the water and baptized. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of God caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. Was that freaky? A guy just baptized, you didn't get to say thank you. The next thing you know, he's gone. What I want to leave you with right here. Philip just had a great revival. He just saw thousands of people getting saved. He went in there in the whole the, the, the town of Samaria. People were getting, they were rocking their world. I mean, I mean, it was going. And then the Holy Spirit said, oh, there's a ripe one over here. And he sent Philip on a road to go get one man. One man. He didn't care that Philip had to walk. It was a desert. Got to been hot, got to been thirsty, got to been hungry. He didn't care about that. He wanted to get one man saved. So he goes over there, and this is what I think. This is totally Robert Richards, okay? This is not, this is yea, thus saith Robert, right? I think the Holy Ghost made it up to Philip by translating him out of there because he already had to walk the rest of the distance down the road and was tired and hungry and thought maybe he wasn't going to make it. So he zipped him out of there just as a, a blessing to him so he didn't have to walk the other because it's like 44 miles he got taken. I don't know. That's me. That's just me. Because I've been hot and tired before and asked the Lord to zip me somewhere and it didn't happen, so I don't know. But <clears throat> I was praying that when I was getting on the plane saying, Lord, just no, I'm still here. Are you follow me? The point is, is that sometimes you think that you got to go for the big crowd. Sometimes you got to think that it's got to be the big thing, but you got to listen for the one. This is stories written in here for us to understand how important it is for each human being. And when that person is hungry, folks, you've got to share with them the word of life. You got to tell them about Jesus. Don't get all caught up in. Oh, I got to tell them, what about, what if they ask a question about this and question about that? I, I, I was talking to my grandson and he was asking me questions. I said, look, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, can't put it all in order for you. All I know is that Jesus is real. How about you? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go stay there. We'll work on towards that other stuff. Right now, let's just keep it right there. Are you all with me? It's Jesus, telling people about Jesus. And when you do, and they do, then you just had church. And then you grow from there. And as long as they're hungry, you keep feeding. Amen? So the title of this message this morning is just share your bread. So look at the person beside you and say, hey, share your bread. Amen?
So close your Bibles and just stand up if you would, please. Can I have my prayer team come down? For all those of you out there watching the broadcast today, I just want to tell you, man, Jesus loves you. And if you're listening to the broadcast for the first time today or, or you've been listening for every day, but today's the day that you, want, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you want to make that profession of your faith, well, then right where you are, right there, just stop and say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I want you to come into my life. I want you, Lord, to be, forgive me of my sins and to be the Lord of my life. And he will right there. You will start the move of God in your life. If you're in here today, we got our prayer team up here. And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today's the day, your first day. Today's the day that you're just being like this, this Ethiopian. And today's the day that you, you're, you know in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and you want to make a public profession of that, well, then the prayer team's up here to pray for you. I just want to ask you to get out of your seat. Come up here when I close here in a minute. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to try to draw you out of your seat. I believe right now by the power of God that if your heart's beating and you know that's what you need to do, well, then you're going to come up here and you're going to pray with somebody. If you're here today and you just need prayer about anything, our prayer team's still here for you. But I just want you to know, each and every one of you have bread to share. Each and every one of you have bread to share. Listen, and what I'm going to pray over you is listen for the hungry people you're going to come across this week. And when you come across them, all you got to do is share the bread that you've got. Amen? Amen. Amen. Grab that person's hand beside you. Lord, I just pray right now today over each person here that they have ears to hear. They have eyes to see. Lord, this week we are not going to miss hungry souls. Those people that you are drawing, those people that you are pulling close to you, I declare, Lord God, that we're going to see them this week. We're going to be like Philip, and we're going to hear them and, 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 and go to them and tell them the good news that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Lord, I just pray that in this, this whole holiday season, that each and every one of us at this time, people start thinking about Jesus because that's what it's all, it's, it's all out there, that we will reap hungry souls for you. So, Lord, I ask you to put your hand upon each and every one of us to bless them, Lord God, exceedingly abundantly beyond they could even thank or ask. Lord, I declare that the, the old traditions are broken off and that today, Lord God, there's new life, new life in people to share with the hungry souls. So, Lord, I praise you for it and I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here up front to pray with you if you need it. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember... No matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.